The first reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us who, be who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The Holy Gospel is written in the 25th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew, beginning at verse 31. Glory be to thee, Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say, will say to those on his right, Come ye who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will, say, will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you see a stranger invite you in, or in needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then you, they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord.
And as we sit, let's pray together. Our Lord Jesus, we thank you for uh, your resurrection. Uh, We thank you for your ascension and for your kingdom. We thank you that as king you will return to reign and rule forever. We thank you for uh, the the feast of Christ the King this weekend. Uh, And we pray that on this day you would help us to sit at your feet and to listen attentively to what you, our Lord and our King, has to say to us this morning in your words. For your glory's sake. Amen. Uh, I wonder how you're coping with Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, Real live drama, uh, real life stories of success and failure, snapshots, whether you like them or not, of joy and trial and Cuban heels, uh, played out against a wider backdrop of each person's journey, Uh, all leading to that moment of truth on Sunday evening. Uh, For all the glitz and glamour of shows like Strictly Come Dancing that in some ways seem so synthetic, there's also something compellingly real about them as well. Uh, One of the things I'm thankful to reality TV for is that moment of truth. The uncomfortable moment where Sunday by Sunday uh, a judgment is given, uh, a line is drawn, and a person either remains or is evicted. I equally could have talked about The Apprentice or I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Uh, The moment of truth in all of those types of shows is one of the relatively few times in our modern society that we come face to face with the reality of judgment. And although there are plenty of differences between reality TV and the Bible, uh, that moment of truth perhaps helps us to understand four things that Jesus teaches about judgment from our passage this morning in Matthew 25. You might like to keep it open. Uh, Because we're going to look at four things about judgment. Firstly, it's certain. Secondly, it's binary. Thirdly, it's both joyful and painful. And fourthly, it's permanent. Let's just take a quick look at each of those in turn. Uh, You might know that Matthew organizes his gospel uh, in chunks uh, centered around Jesus' teaching. Uh, Earlier in the gospel, we've had a chunk in Matthew chapters 5 to 7 on social relationships, sometimes called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Here in chapters 24 and 25, we get the body of Jesus' teaching on the end times. And Jesus' first point is just that, the end times will come. Number, uh, verse, sorry, 31 Uh, says to us, when the Son of Man, Jesus, comes in his glory, he will sit on his heavenly throne. Uh, It's a when Jesus comes, it's not an if. Uh, We might not know the precise date of his return, that's been the body of his teaching in chapters 24 and 25, but Jesus' return and our final judgment are certain. Secondly, that judgment is going to be binary. 
verse 32, outlines it for us. He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. It seems that grey is the colour of the moment in the UK. Uh, The uh, sociologist and philosopher Alain de Botton said that we tend to paint our living rooms the same colour that we would like to paint our minds and our hearts. And perhaps it's true that grey expresses something of the heart of our culture, where life is increasingly fluid and few things are either one thing or another. We find any judgment, any decision difficult, let alone a decision or a judgment that has a stark binary contrast to it. And so we struggle with these words here. It seems that the final judgment is going to be clearly binary. Thirdly, the judgment is going to be both joyful and painful. As we scan our eyes over verses 34 down to 45, I'm not going to focus on the social justice implications this morning. The church, quite rightly, is teaching about those and seeking to live out those implications more and more effectively and fully, and that's really good news. But I wonder if we're quite so effective as a church about talking about Jesus' return and judgment. If we're not, it's curious, because Jesus spends his time in chapters 24 and 25 talking about little else. What these verses 34 to 45 make plain is that Jesus' final judgment will be filled with both joy and pain. God is so intimately tied to his beloved creation that when the food bank in Oxford feeds a hungry person or when the passerby stops to have a word with a stranger on the street, when one of the organisations in town, like the Gatehouse Project, clothes a rough sleeper or the Sycamore Tree Project visits somebody in Bullingdon Prison or Campsfield House. It's as if those organisations are doing it not just for the individuals, but for God himself. If Jesus loves us so intensely and he identifies with us so much, that it's as if we're doing these things for him, how much joy is he going to feel when he says those words in verse 34? Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance prepared for you since the creation of the world. Equally, how much pain is he going to feel as truth and justice demand that he also utters the words to those who have abandoned him and other people. Verse 41, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The day of judgment is going to be both the pinnacle of joy and the depth of pain.
Lastly, verse 46, it's going to be permanent. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. If grey is the colour of the moment, perhaps the advertising slogan of the moment is enjoy now, pay later. We're so absorbed, I think, sometimes by filling up our experiences in the here and now that we even sometimes tend to forget the second half of that relatively brief slogan. We forget all too easily that it's not all just about the here and now, but that a later day exists as well, a day of reckoning that lies ahead at the feet of Jesus the King. So I wonder what we're to make this morning of all this weighty teaching uh, on judgment. And I'd like, as we draw to a close, to encourage us to consider it as good news. To the hungry and to the thirsty, to the stranger and the prisoner, Jesus says it won't always be like this. Rise up and follow me. There's a day coming when suffering will end, when you'll hunger and you'll thirst no more, when you'll know perfectly and when you will be perfectly known, when you'll be called friend, when you'll be free. In the meantime, I'm still with you and I've put my people around you to stand with you. To those who suffer at the hands and the words of others, Jesus says it won't always be like this. There's a day coming when justice will roll like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. To those who struggle in the increasingly grey confusion of a complex now, Jesus says, I am with you. I created you and the whole world. I know perfectly well how it works. And I know right from wrong. Follow me and allow, your sp- allow my spirit in you to be your guide and your courage and your perseverance. Live now in the light of eternity. It's tough teaching, but fundamentally it's good news. And so let's be those this morning who don't just hear Jesus' teaching, but who put it into practice both today and forevermore.